So what has Captain America and Black Widow been doing the past couple of years? We know the Hulk's been lost in space, and so is Thor. So what the hell have they been doing? I have no idea. Have they been on some kind of European vacation? Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from Colesploitation.com and I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? It's going okay. And I uh, said that like a Canadian. It's going okay. Co-host. Yes, that's right. Uh, we are recording on location today. Um, in from the, the cinema. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wish. No. From the uh, great outdoors in my backyard. And we've done uh, one episode outside before. That was way, way, way back when we did the West Craven retrospective. That's right. Uh, we haven't done it recently, basically because I hadn't had a laptop and we'd always record on my desktop Mac, but I've got a laptop now. So that allows us to go on location and record wherever we want to. Yeah. Um, so if you hear any crickets or cars or wind or any other natural occurrence, it's probably because we're outside. We are back after a long hiatus. I really apologize for that. Uh, it's been about Four weeks, three, four weeks since we did our last episode. Uh, part of that is because I've been having some renovations at my house, and I had a washer and dryer in my uh, living room, and I had a whole shit ton of stuff in the office where we normally record, so it's not really conducive to uh, recording a podcast uh, or doing any work whatsoever, and it kind of makes me anxious every time I sit in an area where like it's fucking... <laughs> really, really messy. I can't concentrate. That's the biggest thing. It's like I feel like I can't concentrate at all if I'm scrunched into something. So, so you're claustrophobic. No, I'm not claustrophobic. I'm really not. Um, it's just that I don't like doing work. I can't focus when I'm in like a like a, a place where I can't, you know, spread out and do what I want. Mm. So that's why. So that's really the main reason why we haven't had a had an episode in a couple weeks because. I was waiting for a new washer and dryer and having renovations. Um, but we are back today. We had to be back today because Avengers Infinity War released. Only the biggest movie ever to come out. Well, I mean, we couldn't miss it. We couldn't reschedule again with Infinity War on the horizon because we've done all the rest of the Marvel movies save for like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, and, we, don't, we have done all of Phase 3 except that. Right. And... We just, we had to finish it out. Can't go on without it. It's a big movie too. And that's why we're posting this episode earlier than normal. Um, normally we'd release the, uh, you know, the, the episode on Friday and giving like a couple days access to our listeners on our um, patron account. But because this is such a big movie, such a big release, people are going out, you know, 
day one. We wanted to get this out as early as possible. And I think I should just start out right now. I posted it on the image of this episode, but I'm going to say it again right now. There are going to be fucking spoilers on this episode. There are. There's just po- no possible way that we can have an entire full-length episode on the movie if we don't have any spoilers, so I'm putting that out there right now. It should be expected. Like I said, who listens to a movie podcast and you haven't seen the movie? It's a bad idea. Yeah, if you really just want like a kind of a feel of uh, if you should go see a movie or not, just read like a written review. Yeah, I mean, as long as the written review says you know no spoilers in this. Well, I mean, I mean, I, like, I, mean, a... I mean, like a traditional, mm-hmm. not like long form. I mean, like you know, kind of old school. Let's like, say school and Ebert style. Yeah, I'm just kind of like quick. Like, here's like a little bit on what this movie's about and why you should or should not go see it. Yeah, I mean, as long as as long as you are comfortable with learning a little bit about it, because I think any review is going to have a teensy bit of like spoiler in it because. Practically the entire movie is pure spoiler if you're you're talking about it. Um, then you can read a written review, but I would not recommend listening to the rest of this episode if you haven't seen it. If you're curious, yeah. Yeah, if you, if, if you don't care, then obviously we invite you to listen. Please listen. And if you're just joining the Marvel franchise on its 20th film, well, shame on you. Where the hell have you been? Especially now, because as we've pointed out several times before, these movies are done. With it being kept in mind that it's a continuation of a story, and they're not really, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're new to the franchise, you're going to be lost. Well, let's start because, out. Because because basically this, this is like your modern day movie serial. Well, let's start out by documenting what exactly do you need to see before you come into Avengers Infinity War? I would just say most of Phase 3. That way you're at least... Uh, familiar with the characters you'll know because you know what starts was civil war so you know you get to catch up on captain america and tony stark and you know as iron man yep you get to find out where, where the hell thor disappeared to you get to find out where hulk went off to you know you get yeah. introduced to spider-man you get introduced to doctor strange you get introduced to black panther i think as if we're talking straight up like the least amount of movies that you need to see, Civil War is probably the biggest one that you need to see to understand what's going on in the universe. That and maybe some of like, probably like I haven't seen it yet, but like Age of Ultron. Cause I, imagine, I didn't see it either. Just because I imagine that has something to do with one of the like Infinity it, Stones. It begins the, uh, the I, I, as far as I know, it's really going to begin the... Infinity Stone search. Well, but, I think I think in the first Captain America too. There, yeah, uh, yep. I mean, they, like a lot of these movies have certain, you know, Infinity Stone parts. That's why it's all leading up to now Thanos. But I mean, you know, you don't really have to know the past, you know, stuff about the like. Cause I watched like the past films and they talk about like the Tesseract Cube and it's like eh, it's just some like MacGuffin, magical MacGuffin type thing. Yeah, that's all I need to know. You don't really need to know. Exactly, you know, let's function. Like I said, I think that Civil War will get you prepared. I think that's by like that is the if you're if you really can only see like one film before going to see Infinity Stone, I would say that's the one to do it. Now, if you really want, should have called it Avengers (laughs) Infinity Stones. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think that after that, if you really want to get into like the nitty gritty of what else do you have to see in order to really get the most out of the plot. Um, I would say all the Captain Americas you should probably see. Um, 
just pure knowledge of Iron Man is all you really need for that. Um, you don't. There, it's not really necessary to see any of the three Iron Man films. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy again, maybe just pure knowledge. You really don't need to know that much about him. Although it does help later on in the film because, as we'll talk about, a, a lot of the uh, Guardians are actually kind of important to this film in a manner that w- seems surprising with the fact that this film is entitled Avengers and they're not really Avengers. Um, so they do become a, an important role, and so it would in be fact, helpful. Say, in fact, the Avengers are broken up. Yeah, it w- it would be helpful to have seen at least probably Guardians two, in order to really get the most out of that. And um, I would say, like Spider Man, not necessary. You you do not need to have seen the new Spider Man Homecoming to really understand the nuance of Spider Man because well, that's practically a. Well, you should, because it's so good. But you should, because it's one of the best Marvel movies that they've released. And Marissa Tomei. And Marissa Tomei, as we... God, I want, I want to know, you know, what? that's that's the lingering question I have after watching Infinity War. Like, what happened to Aunt May? What is Aunt May doing? Is she safe? <laughs> I would be running through the streets and... Without, like, yeah, without like, saying too much, is she safe? safe. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That is a lingering question that you do not get the answers to. You know what you do need to see? I ho- I do hope at the end of the day she is. So, uh, like, like, show her in, like, the second film. Like, oh, thank God. It's really good. I'd be like, oh, just like, oh, thank God. You're safe. <laughs> um, you, you, What you do need to see, though, is, is Ant-Man. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Ant-Man's not in it at all. Ant-Man's not in it. So if you're looking for Paul Rudd, and I was, I'm looking in all, all the scenes, like, is he in the background? He like he like as we talked about when we reviewed Civil War. He stole the show just by like wow, like I didn't even expect to be here. Wow, woo, yeah, great, Captain America. Woo, what am I? You know, yeah. Wow. No, I'm 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 just fucking with you. But he's, no, he's unfortunately not in it. But no, they decided just to have Mark Ruffalo also play uh, Paul Rudd, Paul, a Paul Rudd character. Yeah. yeah. Um, you do probably need to see. I would say you. Pr- it would be helpful to have seen the first two Avengers films. Uh, that way, you at least have some connection to the members, um, and then you don't need to have seen Black Panther. I, I guess it would be helpful because That's we do at this point. It's... Well, we do get a bit of Wakanda in here, so it would be helpful, um, but not necessary because you can get all of that contextually. I still find it funny that Black Panther's still in theaters, and you got another Marvel movie like whoop. I know, yeah, very very soon after. Oh, it, like I said, Black Panther's still in theaters. Yeah. And, and actually, people were... I mean, they pushed this up, too. They pushed Infinity War, its release date, up. So they were, like, hoping, like, well, let's just roll it all in. Let's just, you know... Black Panther's doing so well, let's just do Infinity War as well. Well, I'm at, at this point, the as successful as Infinity War has already been financially, I can already see it, like, they planned on releasing it early, so it can be in theaters all fucking summer. I would say just so. Just like imagine, like how Disney's probably just like like all we had to do is make Infinity War, this goddamn Han Solo movie, <laughs> Black Panther, and we just leave you know leave them in theaters for you know four <laughs> months, and we'll be you know. That's it. That's that's all you need to do. Game plan. They're literally just like you know sitting around the a corporate office at Disney, like like we're in the money, we're I, in the money. I saw a pretty funny meme today, and I do you watch Rick and Morty at all? No, I still have it, but I, a, I do know the there's, jokes. There's an episode of Rick and Morty where um, uh, Morty's father kind of becomes like a clone, and he he like meets himself 
a lot. And there's a meme of like four of him getting together. And it's like, it says like, uh, Disney Star Wars congratulating Disney Marvel on their success with Infinity War. It's pretty funny. I mean, it is true. It is true. Uh, what else do we, what, what did we touch on for Marvel movies that you need to see before you see Infinity I don't know. War? Like we said, we I think that's it. I mean, I we, I mean, we're not really in a place to say, cause like I said, I've only seen phase three, you know, phase three is it's technically called. Oh yeah. We didn't mention Thor. I don't think it's necessary. Ragnarok. I don't th- no, I, I meant like the first two Thors. Let's say Ragnarok definitely is. Thors, the first two Thors not necessary. Ragnarok, yes. Just because it's got Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> the only reason why it's vital, Jeff Goldblum. But yeah, I, th- I think like you're going to get the most mileage out of it if you've been following all along because there are a lot of callbacks. Lot, you know, too, actually too many to count of callbacks that occur. I'm sure one of your local comic book uh, blogs will do that, but we're not going to do it here because I'm I'm I admit I'm not as well versed in Marvel as for one I'd like to be, but for two that I could actually do that sort of thing. I don't know the comics very well, um, and I I've seen the movies like one time, but I'm not like a serial rewatcher. I'm not like I gotta watch Thor two again. <laughs> but um, so we're not going to be the podcast to do that. But I'm sure somebody will break down all the callbacks. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Doctor Strange. That's it's. I'd say it is a uh, an elective. You can or you don't have to. It would be helpful if you did, but if you didn't, you could get away with it and just because in some ways, Doctor Strange his his progression from the movie Doctor Strange to how, where he is now in the universe is so vast that you really almost don't need to see Doctor yeah. Strange. Like, we didn't see any of that progression. Yeah, because he goes, you know, f- from, tra- you know, because this movie's an origin story as well, and um, he goes from, you know, neurosurgeon, crippled, and then he, you know, learns the mystic arts, and then by the end of the movie, he's technically Sorcerer Supreme, but he's still kind of a pretty shitty sorcerer. Now by this film, he's literally Sorcerer Supreme. True. And it's like... yeah. So what's the time gap between like all these, you know? Yeah, and but in that said, Spider-Man's basically the same Spider-Man from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Really hasn't changed all that much. So interesting to see the the progression for each of the characters, and sometimes the non-progression. Um. All right, let's take a break real quick before we really get into the meat of Infinity War, because I think this is going to be one of our longer episodes. Generally. Uh, our superhero episodes are because there's a lot to unpack, but in Infinity War, there's a lot, a lot to unpack. It's three hours long. It's nearly three hours long, so there's a lot to unpack. Uh, so let's take a break and let's talk about the beer that we have on hand today. Yes, we did bring beer out to our picnic table because what's a picnic without beer? A shitty picnic. And I would say that we we only, uh, in definition, have beer today because. What we have is really more like a a malt beverage. A wine cooler. A wine cooler, yes. As you may have heard, the 90s uh, popular beverage, the clubbing of choice beverage, Zima, is back in stores. Once again for the summer. Yep. Uh, They did it last year, right, for the summer? Mm -hmm. Real quick. And they got sold out real real fast. And did you get one last year? No, I, rem- I remember I told you, we talked about it. I said, yeah. I saw a six-pack of it. Like, they brought Zima back? Oh, I gotta fucking try that. 
And then by the time I went to go get it, like a couple days later, gone. Gone. And that was because they only got shipped a, couple, a certain amount of cases, and that's all they were getting all year. Yeah. And and then, so... And people, there's, like, in the retailers were saying, people were buying them by the case. Like, they'd come in, buy, like, I'll buy, like, two, you know, three cases of Zima. I'll buy, you know, so... It's ridiculous. <laughs> because we've tried it today, and we're here to tell you that it's not that great. <laughs> of course, you can put it back. Put it back in the vault. Um... Do it think, does it does taste like the 90s though. Do you think that this probably happened with some of the people from last year's Zima and that's why it's more readily available is that people bought it up remembering that 90s flavored nostalgia of Zima or curiosity like us. Or, cu- I, it's or curiosity. Some, it's something that I knew about from the 90s yeah. like you know. Obviously we were not old enough to drink that in the 90s. But uh My do you mom think, was and she do, did. Do you think that people just kind of had rose-colored glasses, and they rushed out to buy it, and then they're like, what the fuck is this? We've advanced. We have uh, Mike's Hard Backyard Brew. We don't need Zima. You know what? I can almost guarantee, like, a Mike's Hard would be a million times better than this. I got... And I'm a not lot what... of, I go bowling on Thursday nights, and a surprising number of people, bowlers in that league, are drinking Mike's Hard iced tea I know a lot of people like twisted tea. I They're know. twisted tea. I mean, twisted, yeah. They're drinking that on a regular basis, and I'm like, as a, as like a beverage that you go out to, out and drink? No, no, thank you. <laughs> that would not be me. I'm not shaming anybody well, who does that. Second, you say, I'm just I, saying, you, I, you, you would be offended if you went to a bar, like, all oh, we have, like, Mike's Heart or... Or like a you know a twisted tea drink, and you'd be like, I probably would say no to that. <laughs> but I'm not saying I'm like I'm I'm not saying that anybody should be wrong about their choice. I'm just saying that's a to me that seems like a, an odd choice. It's out there, but but more power to you. You like iced tea, and you'll you like it hard, and you get Mike's hard. Mean twisted tea, whatever the fuck they call it. I don't know. See, I don't drink it. Does Mike's hard drink twisted or make twisted tea? I don't think they have a tea variety. No. It's made like the Mike's Hard Lemonade, Limeade, yeah, stuff like that. So I don't know, but whatever, whatever the thing is called, it's not for me. Well, this isn't even like that though. It's not like this isn't even like a Mike's Hard Lemonade or you know a twisted tea. It's literally a refreshing citrus beverage. I gotta tell you, I I do not get any goddamn citrus from this at all. It literally tastes like I'm drinking cough syrup that's grapey with a tinge of alcohol. It does have a little bit of a cough syrup uh, or like a caro syrup consistency to it. And it's really it's thi- like a thicker yeah no thicker it, drink yeah no what? it feels very viscous like you're literally <laughs> drinking pure sugar like like it's been like wetted down you know like how it gets all like lumpy and yeah that's what this like taste and feels like this. Unlike Crystal Pepsi, though I don't drink soda anymore, unlike Crystal Pepsi, this does not belong to be back. Unlike Surge, another great 90s soda, this does not belong to be back. This should have stayed right back in the 90s where it belonged and never darkened our door again. I mean, it's nice to try it for sure. I don't see the appeal well, that I much. Say, I get to now, say I had Zima, but other than that, now um, we're not one. Like I don't know, is this the original recipe? I Did they change the recipe and now people are really like upset? Like well, I, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But uh, I gotta say that I'm just not. I'm not a huge fan. 
I'm not a fan of. I my, do my... like that it has grips and it creating. does have a very grippy. So like, it's there's very, no. Again, it's very like early '90s. There's like no that. excuse like... if you're dropping the spear. No, there isn't. It's like it's like the. Are you slippery in the club? Well, guess what? We have grips. We have grips, so no dropping this I because I just, but... that would you would deserve to get shamed if you're in the club. You're sweaty. We understand that. You've been you've been bumping to Trumbawamba. Tub thumper. I was thinking more like uh, De La Soul. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Groove, grooves in the heart. No, because yeah. it's literally the case and everything. Makes you feel like you're back at 93. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's awesome. And especially, you can, like, just the way that grip design is on the bottle, it totally looks like it came out of, like, 92, 93. There, it's amazing. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> everything, you know. Yeah, there's definitely no excuse if Becky drops this <laughs> bottle. A Becky Woodring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. There's, I guarantee a nice young Alicia Silverstone was drinking a lot of these coming off of Clueless. Probably in the babysitter or something. But, see, that's, that's a nice early 90s callback right there. Alicia Silverstone. What happened to her? She disappeared after her brace face cartoon. <laughs> I don't know. This Zima is not... I mean, it's fine. I can drink it. I like. I, I'm not really a fan of any of these types of beverages, though. I'm not either. Uh, I don't really love wine coolers. I used to when I was like nine years old. Do they even really still make wine coolers? Uh, Bartles and James. That's like their staple. That's all they make. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I know that. I know that. But like, I haven't seen that in like 20 years. That's like, my mom. She has a bunch. Yeah, my sister and my mom drink a bunch of wine coolers. Like, it's all like that, not your father's, like, root beer, soda. Yeah, that's like, big, too. But, yeah, wine coolers are still pretty big. I don't, like, I mean. Popular at 4th of July's and. I, I don't see them. I don't ever see them. I don't count, like, those. Well, that's because you, off you have relatives that are hard-drinking Bush fans, so. <laughs> um, Mine are slightly more classy, and they drink wine coolers. <laughs> I don't think anyone in my family drinks Bush. <laughs> I just made that up, but. No, I don't think anyone does. Whatever it coors. My uncle drinks Jenny. Oh, Jenny. Okay. Just straight Jenny. Straight Jenny. Not cream ale. Gives him the, gives you the poops. It's a myth. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would not rank rank the Zima highly. It's I, fine. I would never. And it's five percent. At least give me like eight percent, because then I don't have to drink like six of these really sweet sugary drinks. What's the word we are looking for to describe this? I actually, I don't find it as cloying as I do just like very sweet, like puckery sweet. Like, mm. like I just had a, had a candy bar and my, my uh, cavity's hurting or something. But I don't know. The other thing that I've got on the show today, which Martin was kind enough to bring me, is that seems to be just as rare as Zima from last year. Is uh, Jenny's Ruby Red Kolsch, which is a new, uh, not not a uh, not a uh, brew house beer, right? They're not nope. considering this a brew house beer, but it's just a special edition that's in the vein of like how they did their Oktoberfest. It's going to be their new summer season because they haven't had a summer seasonal before. It used to just be the spring bock until two years ago when they started doing the Oktoberfest for the fall, and now they're going to have a summer one, their Ruby Red Kolsch, which I'm assuming probably by this winter. They'll probably have a winter special now. I hope so. Besides that winter warmer. Well, that's a brutal. Too raisiny. <laughs> Throw that in the garbage. They, even bother, they didn't bother this year. Like, ah, they just, like, like, we'll keep this at the actual brew house and see if anybody wants it. But this one, this Jenny Ruby Red Kolsch, if this becomes a summer staple, 
It's amazing. That's what they play it on. Is, it is light. It is drinkable. It's 4.5%. So this is one that you session. I go. I have bought, I think, three 12-packs in two weeks. I, yeah. go, I go through them, literally, like, within three days, it's already gone because I drink, like, four at a rip because it's really good. It's delightful. The one thing I don't know about is the calories. I imagine they're back. So I've probably yeah. <laughs> probably high. <laughs> but it's it really is delightful. It's got it's, a nice grapefruit taste, but it's you know not too strong, but it's not subtle either. It's nice. It's very crisp. It's refreshing. It's got a man in a the boating can, uniform. I know the can. The can is delightful. Uniform. It's a bright yellow can with like grapefruits on it, and a yeah, sea captain with like a holding a grapefruit. It looks like a dodgeball and a pipe. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking massive grapefruit. But I mean, sure. yeah, no, it's absolutely delightful. Problem is, it's there's great. only two stores around here that carry it, but they only yeah. get like two cases. They're constantly sold out. They get two cases like a week, so I buy like one, and then I go back for another one, and it's already out. And like, oh, I gotta wait till next week. I might, if I go in like sometime this week to get another twelve pack, and they're out, I'm like you order a whole fucking stack of them. Trust me, I will be here. Coming here all summer long to get this beer. <laughs> this, this man will buy them all. Don't worry, I got a truck out. You know, I'll, I'll have my friend bring his pickup around. We'll load the be- that bed full. Don't worry. This is my summer beer. This is hands down summer beer choice. It's great. Now you have a summer beer. You got a spring beer because you love the Bach. Mm. And where you? I mean, you like it. Enough. It's kind of waved, wavered on me now because uh-huh. I, I didn't really buy it that much. I had like I only bought it once this year. And I was like, eh. And then you definitely got a. Uh, fall beer, because that Oktoberfest is delightful. And Yeah, well, Oktoberfest are delightful. In general, yeah. If even Magic Hat can make a good Oktoberfest, then... True, true. That's the only thing good they make, so... Alright, so, shall we get into Infinity War? I guess so. Alright, so, um... Talking Infinity War, and it's hard to figure out where to actually begin with this. Where do we begin with this? How do we... How do we begin broaching the subject of this massive, long-awaited sequel to the Avengers films and also pretty much the end of Phase 3, tying all of the loose ends together of what really Marvel's been working on for the past, what is it, 10 years now? Because mm-hmm. uh, they added that Marvel 10 to the to the logo at the beginning of the film. It's really hard to figure out where to start with this. Um, I can't. Go ahead. Picks right up after Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it really does, yeah. Uh, after the destruction of Asgard, and Thor taking the Asgardians on a little spaceship to find a new home, they get put under attack. They're under attack by Thanos. Yeah. And some Mass Effect-looking fucker. <laughs> That's what, is that one henchman that's skinny and whatnot, and like... Yeah. I can't... His voice sounds so familiar, I can't put my fucking finger on who... Um, I actually thought he was a really would that added more to it than just like having just Thanos because you, you like one movie or having like the one villain but also the very powerful I think that's a really good they did a really good job of making sure that not stronger than Thanos. He's obviously just there helping him out, but also a very uh, 
seems like um, basically it's the cult of Thanos because you know the, uh, you know he's your lord that's gonna you know spare you and you know bring you mercy and forgiveness about you know the glory of Thanos very uh religious in tone um but it picks up, basically picks up right after Ragnarok and Thor's ships under attack, and it's entirely slaughtered. Thanos and his uh, cronies have gone in and slaughtered the entire ship, looking for the one of the Infinity Stones, and is beating uh, the shit out of Thor and Loki to try to find the Infinity Stone that was on Asgard. It's a it's a powerful moment because right away we know that um, we know that some of these heroes are not going to make it out of this alive, right? Well, not only that, you know, you know, you're in uh, deep shit. Like I said, when the strongest of the you know Avengers basically got his ass well, two, both the strongest Hulk's on that ship too, and they both easily get their ass beaten in by uh, Thanos. Um, so, you know, basically after that, and you know, like, oh, well, he's not to be trifled with. Josh Brolin's a mean motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely, it's really a compelling moment because of how quickly it all occurs. Like, it really throws you into this, this, uh, exciting action-packed moment where, and I don't want to, I just say, I already spoiler. said spoilers. So, and where Loki's killed, and it's a it's a very intriguing moment because I didn't really expect for a death to really uh, to occur that soon within the film. It's it's like minutes into the film, and well, they also I, kill Thor's friend is uh, Heim. You know, with two hours and forty minutes to work with, putting one of your higher level deaths at the real beginning of the film. It's a, that's an impressive to me. Yeah, but as Thor said earlier on, yes, my bro- uh, later on, my brother's dead, but he's been dead before. Right, right, right. He's coming back. Christopher Hiddleston, you know, has no other money. Tom. Tom, my bad. Tom Hiddleston. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. It, <laughs> it is definitely possible that he's coming back. And as we'll talk about in this film, it's possible that nearly everybody could be coming back. Uh, can but, we get can we get a Dragon Ball Z style like yeah they're gonna end, they're gonna end up on Namek let's talk, somewhere. Let's talk about that in a, in a little bit because we'll, we'll save that for for a little bit where we I, get I, into I, it in detail. That but. whole part though I find kind of funny because all of Asgard's been wiped out by Thanos on that ship, but it's Heimdall's death that Thor's like you're gonna pay for. It's like now well, you're king of all the Asgardians and you were just kind of upset, but now you're really upset because your friend died. Then you be, you know, just as pissed off that you failed your entire people. There's no more Asgard. They've been not only has your planet been wiped out, but now all your people. Yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> so that should be really the main crux of your. You know, Anthony Hopkins now position. is like, I mean, yeah, no, like the friend, your best friend dying adds that extra weight. But even still, he's like, ugh. ugh. Then like when Heimdall, he's like, now I'm really kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good moment, but I think too that. We, as you said, the Avengers are kind of 
separated. Well, they have been. But I mean, literally in the film itself, in the... From a much more popular uh, review site than us, Red Letter Media brought up a good point. What they were talking about on their Half in the Bag episode, which I I would recommend watching because they are really good film critiques. Is fucking huge. It's it's it, one of the most. It, it's, it's the biggest one that I can. There's think like of. forty f- principal fucking characters in this film. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a huge film for sure. To make that work, you have to do what this film did: have a sh- bunch of B stories. So everyone has to be separated until basically the climax, yeah. where even like and you can kind of conglomerate them a little bit, but you can't have them all together no. throughout the entire film. Can you imagine just? Constantly, like the cameraman trying to keep up with, like, no, no, you're supposed to be on Chris uh, Hemsworth right now. No, no, I meant Chris Pratt. <laughs> Fuck Chris, fucking Chris's. What about Chris Pine? No, he's in what he was in Wonder. You know? <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, but no. So, and they, yeah, they brought up a good point when they said that, like, this movie feels like a bunch of B plots, but one that makes sense because you have to do it to break the cast up, and not only that. These films, don't, unless it's one of the origin story movies, they don't really have to follow a typical three act narrative. No, because it's all like I said, it's a, it's a modern it day modern day movie serial. It's just every film has been slowly built. Again, this is the twentieth fucking film in the franchise. Yeah, and and part of that too is the great planning that has been going on behind the scenes at Marvel since they really. I, I guess I would say probably since the first Avengers, maybe not Iron Man per se. Because that was like no, its, I don't think no, yeah, I don't like think in his fledgling. No, I think after they like, I think they kind of mapped out how they wanted to get to Avengers, and then like at once they kind of got to Avengers, like oh shit, and they yeah. then they probably thought now like okay, and then, and then but it but it's been ongoing since then, and that's a long time. But not only that, it it also was a lot of hard work making sure that all of the individual character stories the the. the audience members to really feel for those characters get a get a handle on them because infinity war really has well let's grow their character a little bit this time they it, the only time that the characters have growth or out of place if we didn't know that character specifically i really think out of this film there's the only really growth you see Doctor Strange. Yeah, and, and I think that's intentional because, like, which, I, which they're basically the same, you know, same person, but the different side of the coin. You know, one's yeah. the technical, you know, because they're both rich assholes, you know, with drinking problems. But one's a sorcerer, and one happens to be, you know, design super weapons. Yeah, I think that's intentional. Like, you can't this film at two hours and forty minutes already. You're not going to have time to just take a step back and be like, well, let's have. Like a touching moment between two characters. It doesn't happen. And in this film, there's no time for it. Every scene is pretty much practically an important element of the film moving forward with a lot of action in it. And there's just no time to take that step back. And it's important that it's been done in the past. Vision and Scarlet Witch want to have their moment. Tough shit, you don't get it. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, you get, a, you get a really quick moment of it to set up uh, later...
was very highly uh, reviewed. And by we, a great time, we mean we still liked it, but it, compared it, to the right. other Intrigue as much as um, some of the other Marvel movies. So, like, yeah, it was still good. It was still on the higher end of uh, of the superhero movies, but just not as well done for us. Um, but if we didn't have that two and a half hour Black Panther movie where we learn all about Black Panther, or if we didn't have that, you know, those couple of movies uh, with Thor or Captain America, then you just would be missing out on a lot of the 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 elements that make Infinity War work. It, it, it was really important to have those single moments. And then you take a look at something like DC, who has tried to like skip away from trying to do things like uh, have single lead up movies and instead just, they just want to cram everybody into one movie. And then you end up coming out like, well, we didn't really know much about that character in the first place. Like justice league. Yeah. Like justice league. Who's Aquaman? Who's the flag? You know, they should have done like, you know, should have fucking done suicide squad, suicide squad first assholes. Right. Exactly. So you didn't like, you had no idea. Not that you didn't know about the character, because if you have any contextual, you know, American pop culture knowledge. Right, knowledge about the characters, then yeah, you know about them. But in the film's world, you have never seen them before. So to throw them into a, a mashup movie is really just jumping the gun a little bit. So I think that, you know, the execs at Warner Brothers sat and watched Infinity War. And we're like, we've been fucked again. Get Fix this shit. That's him. This Marvel movie, though, I, I I think that you know the, a lot. Like we were saying, a lot of lead up has gone into this. There's no doubt about that. Infinity War has been a long time coming, and it shows that they have put in the time and the effort to make sure that those elements that were coming to fruition in Infinity War were there from the start. That when you look back now, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know that ma- that makes sense why we needed to see that. Why this was you know, a part of it. So like when you talk about guardians of the galaxy volumes one and two, taking all that element from guardians of the galaxy, um, which I haven't seen, so which you, you haven't mean. seen, which I can run with though. But James Gunn's films are solid in their own right. They are really detached mostly from the rest of the Marvel universe, from the Avengers universe. Obviously they're in space. They're not really, you know, gavorting around with the other Avengers on they earth. Don't even know, they don't even know who they, they, even know who they are. Yeah. And so you have to take that element and you have to somehow figure out like, well, how can we combine them? Like, what what can we do? And so it's an ingenious move that they make. First of all, they make um, them fight each other for one thing. So in this film, they ended up fighting some of the Avengers rather than, you know, they think that, again, they're working with Thanos or something. And then also we have the whole element with Thanos being like the stepfather of Gamora who then becomes sort of like a tragic heroine in this film. Uh, who... No, she's not tragic. She She's a fucking idiot. Well, that that whole scene where they're uh, on the planet with the Collector looking for the Soul Stone. Like, you you know, it's like, how stupid are you? Like, she deserved the fate she got. She she earned her death. She she earned... She deserved to die after, like, how stupid she was. Those are harsh words. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying that it is... I mean, it's intriguing, though, that they were able to pull Guardians of the Galaxy in in such a way to make it resonate with those members of Marvel, too. It's, All I know is after watching this, um, 
I do want to see Guardians, but I don't. I hate Chris Pratt. Really? Not as an actor or a person. I do. I don't like uh, his character. Well, I know he's supposed to be that you know smarmy cocksure like asshole like a Han Solo, yeah. but it's not charming though. I don't find I don't find him to be charming. I find well, it more maybe to- that came off in the heat of the moment in um, Infinity War. Because there's, like I said, there's not a lot of downbeat moments. Everything happens like during an action scene, during an event. So he doesn't have a whole lot of time to just be like regular Peter Quill. So maybe if you saw the the other two Guardians of the Galaxy and you saw his life story, you might have some more sympathy for him. Yeah, and I'm upset again. Once again, I see another movie with Dave Bautista, and I don't see him fucking Bautista bomb somebody. He does not get a chance to in this. How hard... Like, why can't you tell Big Dave to give somebody a power bomb? Well, he's surprisingly emotional as a... Yeah. Big burly man in this... In the- no, I like... I li- I, you know, I like the team... I mean, I, I, all right, I don't really care for Gamora either, because like I said, she, she, she's retarded. I mean, just like the whole... That whole... Yeah, like I said, the whole scene, it's like... Thanos... Like, let's... All right, I kind of want to, like, shift gears, but we'll get back to where we talk, because I, I think that this is a really interesting topic. I will say, I think Thanos is one of the most compelling villains in, like, the past 20 years of cinema. He's definitely a compelling character, because he's not one of those villains. And this is, again, this is, like, the this is the first film, like, he's actually, you know, actually the focal point. Yeah, right. we, we've seen, like, you know, the, like, you know, end credit scenes of, like, Thanos talking, like, oh, Thanos is coming and all that, so it's like, ooh, big scary villain. But what makes him so compelling is that what he feels he needs to do is righteous. Yep. Needs to be done. He doesn't even really want to do it. But not yeah, but not only that, that not but not only that, the fact that they you know, they're get, basically though he's not technically human, but we'd get call like, you know, they're he's sympathetic as a character. Yeah. You know, like again, like like with Killmonger and Black Panther, like he's not like he's the devil and you should hate him. Yeah, he's got sympathetic elements to him that you know he's, he wants what's right, and he's he w- is willing, whereas some other people aren't to go the distance with the Infinity Gauntlet with all the Infinity Stones. He can wipe out everything, all reality, everything. But all he wants to do is wipe out half of life to bring balance back to the universe because he's seen what overpopulation and you know how that can destroy worlds and lead to their downfall and. Like I said, like, and he's not even like picking like, you need to die. You need. It's random. Like he's literally like you know with random choice, you know. Right, because he doesn't even have any control over it. He doesn't. No, like, he does. oversee it. No, I mean, he does. He does, but at this like, he's, yeah. But his he's not specifically targeting certain. He's not people, selecting a name and or like a certain race. Delete. It's, yeah, or a certain. <laughs> you know, it's not like light with you know the death note like yeah. you're gonna die. You're gonna die. You know, yeah. it's literally like just half the people. It, Half of every living thing in the universe has to go. I'm not saying that's right. It's it's genocide. It's not right. It's not right, but, but it, it does force you to have to have to take a look at it and be like, you know, does he have something going on there? It, it, well, and not, I'm, not, I'm not like I said. I'm not, I'm not saying that either. But I don't think no, he, what he's uh, what he's arguing for to do is right or. Smart to do, but like I said, I think the way Josh Brolin portrays him, yeah, and like the just the background, the backstory they give him, it, like I said, like you can, 
you know, you can, you know, feel for them. That's, that's why with, like, you know, monsters, you know, throughout history with, like, people that we consider monsters, like Hitler and Stalin, you don't want to know, like, certain aspects. You don't want to know Hitler liked German Shepherds and loved his, you know, German Shepherd Blondie. <laughs> you don't want to know that shit because it's like, oh, no, he, you know, he's a terrible person. Right. You don't want to know those things. You don't want, you know, or that he was one of the first people to advocate, you know, people not to smoke because it was a terrible habit and a waste of money. You don't want to know those types of things because it's like, Oh, you know, on some, I can relate to this asshole. You know, you don't want that. There's absolutely that's that's why we dehumanize. You know, um, bad people like that because you don't want to be like, oh, he did all these terrible things, but yeah, you know, he's a he's a Yankee fan. There's there's definitely a humanizing element to Thanos that does make it sort of uncomfortable because you do have that those elements where it's like, well, he has a point. I mean, humans are kind of shitty. People have done some bad things. Well, it's not like I said. It's not, it's not even just yeah. It's, it's human. It's, it's every every it's everybody sentient race. But that, it's just like you know that that does make you question, you know what what his role is and and if it's I guess if it's right or wrong in his in his eyes there is no moral compass to that. It's just that this is what needs to be done to further you know what. Uh, to further let, let existence, yeah, continue. exactly. Instead of instead of rushing towards extinction, he does what needs to be done, and 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 they do show. I mean, they show Thanos has remorse for this. He he does feel sometimes guilty, sometimes you know remorseful and upset that he has to make this decision, um, and that I think resonates as a villain where a lot of others don't. If you think back to like Batman v Superman. What does that villain have in terms of like Lex or Doomsday? Doomsday. What does Doomsday have as a you know as a big baddie that makes him like somewhat sympathetic or empathetic to? Well, he's not even really the big baddie though. It's Lex. Lex just creates Doomsday. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. I mean, I would say Doomsday is probably bigger than Lex because Lex is always going to be around, but. As, no, he, as a villain. Well, I mean, Doomsday is bigger because he kills Superman, but yeah. it's technically Lex kills Superman because he's the one who creates Doomsday. Because he puts Zod's DNA into the kryptonite goo pool of shit or whatever. Yeah. But even still, like, at the end of the day, like, what's, you know, what's Lex's great plan? Well, he's just batshit crazy, you know, and he, you know, thinks Superman's, you know, because they have the whole God motif through there. And Christ, you know, Superman's God and Christ, ooh. And he's like, he, you know, he's the fallen angel, Lord, I'm... I'm gonna stop him. Oh, you know, I'm gonna give Mickey Mouse impression. Yeah, but. I think what's telling too is that ultimately they could have named Infinity Wars, Infinity War Thanos, as like Thanos's movie, and it wouldn't have really made a difference. I mean, it still would have been. Well, I think it's the it, method of the comic series, the comic of Infinity War. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying. I'm saying that like as a sort of. We've had all these backstories and we've had all these like creation stories for the other characters, superhero characters. Well, this villain, this film could have just been named Thanos and it would have been, it would have been fine. You could have named. You didn't it. have the name. Like you said, you're right because you didn't have the name Avengers because the Avengers aren't even fucking well, together. Because well, it's basically what it is. Is it's basically Thanos' story. I mean, for all the things that we see, all the action set pieces that we see between all of the Avengers who are split up in different parts of uh, the universe. It's really Thanos who pulls them all together. He's the the central conceit here, and you could have this could have been just a Thanos origin story, and and that's you know it it works that way because I'm, it is it does so well exploring Thanos as a as a character. I I'm perplexed though how he's said for years he's been looking for the Infinity Stones. It's like literally overnight he finds all of them. 
Found him. Well, he's been doing a lot of research and planning. That's all. And procrastinating. Great. What they should have done is gone with like the like a Christian motif, uh, you know, Judeo Christian motif, and have him find him in seven days, <laughs> basically. So it's like you know, on the first day I found the Soul Stone. On the second day I found you know the Time Stone. Third day, you know. It's, well, actually, our heroes practically give them all to him. So. Well, because they're stupid. Cause yeah, like, so I mean... The, throughout the entire franchise, they've been like, oh, this thing's all powerful and stuff. I'm going to fucking put it in a robot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, probably a bad idea of Tony Stark's uh, vision, but other than that... You know, but, uh, like, our our heroes do, in some ways, facilitate him getting those stones because, you know, as we see, like, they go to fight him, they have the stone in their possession at the time, and obviously he overpowers them and takes it, so... Well, not only that, after Civil War, they've all been pissy... Basically, a bunch of emo kids like Tony's like, hey, we talked to Steve and Black Widow because they we argued over Civil War, which I still think Civil War though. I like the movie and also I think the idea is like stupid, like we'll sign up for the government registry or you know, yeah. Which I find like, no, no, you don't. You're superheroes. If you don't fucking feel like you know, you know that's that, which because I guess it's racist is the same question that Batman v Superman does. Like you know, Superman's all powerful. How do you kind of control him? Because he's basically God, even though the superheroes basically and the Marvel films aren't godlike except Thor. Um, it's it's more like you know none of them had to you know be like well, why should I you know listen to this crap? But you know the guy shoehorn in like a event that happens where like oh you know we gotta have our we gotta be reined in. You know you think somebody's smart enough like maybe the like the Avengers or Justice League should be like independent from governments and stuff so they can. Do what needs to be done. Get it. Get it done. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So let's talk about all the, the different Avengers and what the fuck they've been up to. We've already covered Thor and Hulk. They were floating in space after Ragnarok. Yep. And Loki, they're dead. Well, Loki's dead. Yeah. Thor, Thor, and Hulk get you know, Hulk gets launched to Earth through uh, Heimdall's magic. And, and actually, Hulk can't be the Hulk. Yeah, no, he's just Bruce Banner. He's Bruce Banner for a- now. A- for, throughout the whole the whole movie, actually, he's, he's not Hulk. That's enjoyable, though. I do kind of like uh, Mark. I don't. I like having Mark Ruffalo as just Mark Ruffalo and not. Well, you mean Paul Rudd? Yeah. So Mark Ruffalo can't interchangeable. Really act. Can't really act. I'm not a big Mark Ruffalo fan, but like he, I, I do like how he, like just how he's like like wow, woo, woo, oh god, oh, throughout the entire film. Um... Tony Stark, he's been fucking dicking around doing nothing. Apparently. Hanging out with Gwyneth Paltrow. Why? You're better than that, Robert Downey. You don't need to, you know, deal with her shit. <laughs> um, Doctor Do- Strange. Doctor, been- yeah, I know. Doctor Strange gets one movie, shows up for a little bit in Ragnarok to, you know, talk, try to find uh, Odin. And, you know, that's all he gets. Now, like, it's like, what's he been doing? Oh, him and his, you know... Sidekick have been arguing how you know how to pay for Chinese food. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. again, which again, it's kind of like you mean to tell me you're Sorcerer Supreme and you don't know anything about the Avengers? Wouldn't you want to like, oh, the Avengers? You know, true, like Captain America and all yeah. that. Maybe I should, you know, help team up with them or whatever. And he's just like, no, I'm just kind of gonna sit in my. I'm gonna just be by myself in my pad, you know, and. Downtown. Yeah, what has he been doing then? I mean, gar- you know, again, like cause guarding because he, he's you know 
he deals in the mystic arts and magic stuff, so it's not stuff that the Avengers have yeah. really dealt with. But at the same time, you think you kind of like want to like, like, hey, just so you know, this kind of shit's going on. Because <laughs> yeah. again, he can't be oblivious to the fact they're all stationed in New York City. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> well, you got Spider Man who's just going to school. I know, isn't that funny too? It's like, oh, you're local man. So what's he just like in uh, downtown Bronx the entire time, just like, yeah. you know, protecting Aunt May, going, and, going to school. Yep, that's it. From Michael Keaton. Uh, what else we got? We got Scarlet Scarlet Witch, who's been God a lit- cavorting with uh, Vision, just hanging out in uh, Scotland. Fucking, um, you asked me, Elizabeth Olsen or ScarJo? Mm-hmm. I had no idea Elizabeth Olsen was like twenty nine. She looks like she's forty. Yeah. Good lord, I felt terrible after I looked <laughs> that up the other day. Like I, I think what? she's pretty hot still. I, I mean, maybe she is in real life, but I don't think in these films she looks all that attractive. Hmm. Doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. I do. Maybe I'm just an old man. All, <laughs> all, all team Aunt May. See, uh, I, I mean, also Scar- team ScarJo, but the fact she has blonde hair now, you know, that makes me sad. Why does that make you sad? I mean, I know it's her natural hair color, but I mean, Black Widow's supposed to have red hair. True. Vibrant red hair. Now it's gone. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, what's Black Widow been up to? Nothing. Just cavorting with Captain America. Yeah, hanging out. Her, her, cross country. Her Captain America and what's, um, God, what's his name? Guy with the bird wings. Hawkeye? No, he's the bow guy. That's not even in the fucking film. Um... Because they ask where he's been and, like, uh, ScarJo just, like, just throws off, like, oh, after Civil War, he's been... Fucking hiding around here. I don't know. So that's a good question. It's kind of like, well, where the fuck has he been? This like he's probably like hanging out in Ant Man. Like yeah, I'm just supposed to sit out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get a film. Everyone else gets a film except me and Black Widow. <laughs> um, Black Panther's been defending Wakanda. Guess that's it. Yeah, he doesn't really uh, have a part until down the stretch. Yeah, really, and I would say that. His role is very minimal in this film whatsoever. Well, I mean, and, like, and this is like uh, another point again. Like I said, Red, Red Letter Media brought up. Um, they were probably they probably did not expect Black Panther to be as exce- successful as you know um, as it was because of what happened, what his fate in this film is, and uh, how long he's ba- basically in the film. They're, yeah, there's really not that much. I mean, he leads the charge in Wakanda as these alien creatures are attacking, but other than that, like he's nowhere to be found, and he really only gets like a I don't know. What is it? Like 15 minutes? Something like that. 15 minutes. And that's it. And it is. Uh, does he even don his Black Panther outfit? Yes. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because it, during the fight scene, he has it on and he. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, Black Panther is pretty much missing from this film as well. I mean, he gets a little bit of time, more than Ant Man, but but nothing else. We routinely check in with the Guardians, see what, you know, they're yeah, doing. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I gotta say that I... I Captain's I, barely in the... Yeah, like I said, Captain yeah, America Captain's and Black very, Widow. The only um, thing they really get out of that is, you know, and that's and part of it I feel like, too, is that they're just so stretched. They're so stretched between each person within the film that it's... I guess maybe to us now, looking back on it, it seems like they're in it for so little time. But really, like, stretching between all of the plots, I guess it makes sense that they're, you know devoted like 30 minutes i guess we're used to seeing them in like a two and a half hour movie so they're in an hour and 50 minutes of film but in infinity war 
that's really got to be structured so that each of those are really limited within their their screen times because you like you said you've got like forty different people who need Attention. basically yeah. top yeah. billing. Yeah, well, Spider Man's barely in the film. Yep, he's not. You know, he's not really in the film. Same thing. Doctor Strange really isn't in the film. I mean, he that gets much. a little bit. I, I would say Doctor Strange is one of the more important characters. Even he's more. He's, he's one of the imp- important characters, but he's also there's not a lot of screen time given. To True. Him. It's, True. A, lot, a lot of it's mainly Iron Man and Thor, which is um. You know the two, the first two. Well, no, I lied. Hulk is it was Iron Man, then Hulk, then Thor, then Iron Man again. But you know, basically the you know, yeah, the 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 primary ones that are from the first films. And again, like these films all have kind of been just uh, kind of like Iron Man. You know, everything's you know Tony Stark, Tony Stark. You know, yeah, yeah. I think, but I I gotta say. Going back to the whole splitting off, I was impressed by the way that they were able to handle that. Think about something like a season-long arc like Orange is the New Black, which we've been seeing lately. Uh, they don't handle having like 40 different characters very well, <laughs> even though that's an episodic nature where having multiple characters in an episode just focusing on those characters should work better than a near three-on-hour film. But instead... Infinity War does it so much better by being able to put people together who otherwise would never be together in a film. Like putting Thor, Gar- Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy together. I was say, or... Thor and specifically Rocket Raccoon. Exactly. I, that's hilarious. That that's, is, it's, it's, you know, him constantly calling him Rabbit's great. <laughs> you, you get that, that element of having like these characters paired together who otherwise would never you'd never see them together and that so th- then that again is falls on the writing for one thing to make sure that the writing fits with the nature of those other films which is difficult but then also making sure that they pair well together so you have that element like uh rocket and uh thor you have black widow coming to the rescue of scarlet witch um you have the people of wakanda and, really and joining together, Bucky being there, and Bucky, like, yeah, because that's having that, that's a very the, anachronistic say weapon in Wakanda. By the way, let me just say this: I find in any film where you just see like a guy sitting there going around with their like assault rifle, just like shooting around in circles, that's not cool. It's so fucking lame now. With the, yeah, like with Bucky, just with a machine. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, his superpower yeah. is like nothing with the machine gun. It's just like any old guy well, he's, could be he's, there. He's, well, he's like, I'm like Captain America with the super soldier serum. I just don't get a cool shield. Hell, even in this film, fucking Captain America's quote unquote shields bullshit. Like it's not like yeah, that's not Captain Shield. That's just some True. Wakandan bullshit. Like, Somebody get him a shield. <gasps> he needs a shield. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, Bucky is a little um, disappointing in this film. Like you said, because of the gun, it seems unnecessary. Like, what is that gun doing against the alien exoskeletons that are running rampant in this Wakandan civilization? It seems like anybody could just hold their ground with a machine gun. So, yeah, I, I do agree that that was a little disappointing. Let's talk about, because um, we're... Already getting up to an hour. Let's talk about the CGI a little bit because I will say that this Marvel film has so much CGI. But it's good. However, yeah, and I would never generally say this because I don't, I'm, I really don't love CGI. I think that if you can get away with practical effects, do it. However, 
I think for one thing, it's important in this film. Infinity War, it like requires CGI. And then the other thing is that they did a really good job. It feels like Josh Brolin is Thanos. It does. Jo- that looks like Josh Brolin. And it's like the, in the uncanny valley of being like, that looks like Josh Brolin. But it also looks like a squeezed grape. I'm not sure. <laughs> and so they did a really good job with that. They they I think, too, part of the reason why Thanos is so empathetic is because they did a really good job with Josh Brolin's facial the mo- motion motion. Cap, yeah. yeah. That, which, which that is mo- motion captured. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's. I think they. It's really good. It's. It's what should have happened. Again, <laughs> going back to Batman v Superman, going back to Justice League, that shit looks bad. And put it next well, to Infinity War. Well, I say they probably didn't. Bad. Ha- I say they probably didn't have industrial light and magic working for them. True, and they didn't have the nearly record-breaking budget of three hundred million. Yeah, Infinity War's budget either, but. I, I do have to say that the CGI you know, is say, really good. Say, you know, one of these days, these one of these films is going to get up to like a billion dollars. I'm sure. Fucking budget. But I, I don't know. I think that the CGI is really good. And I'm not one to say that. Like, I would argue that a lot of times CGI is unnecessary. In this film, it's not unnecessary. It is required. And it does look good. Um, well, I'll say like all like if you did like a practical, you can't do a practical army of uh, art, uh, practical effect of... Uh, like hundred thousand demon alien like creatures that are Thanos' army no. charging into a force field of because you know like in that whole battle they probably had like thirty people and they just kind of CGI like you know copied them and put them in. So you know the other thing too that's really um, important about this film from a CGI and atmospheric perspective is that it all looks consistent with what we've seen of the world's. Um, in uh, the other single films of the characters. Like, thinking back, I mean, the, this is fresh in your mind, but Black Panther, Wakanda, looks exactly like Wakanda from Black Panther. Mm. Now, let's bring that, again, back to Justice League. We know, from what James Wan has said, that Aquaman is not going to look consistent with Justice League. Because he said, the water in that film looked like shit, which it did in Justice League. The CGI water looked like shit, and it's not going to be like that in Aquaman. So right there in that, like, you need to be consistent across your films to make it feel like a legitimate world, like a, a continuity-based universe building. Exactly. And this film does it really well. It, not only in the, in the CGI, in the atmosphere, in the ships, the, all the ship settings, um, making sure that the writing fits. I think that they did a really great great job aping all of the writing from each of the, the films to match with the characters. Not only that, too, you, ha- you for each film you've had different directors for too yep so it's basically been like you kind of have to like you know the guardians have had a different director from the thor films which have had a different director from you know so no you, they keep the tone you know pretty consistent you know um it's a hard thing to do when you have all these directors though you know they're for hire and stuff they do have their own input on like how they want to treat their films you yeah. know so and it seems like they had input from everybody like this is sort of a collaboration where though it doesn't list everybody on the on the credits obviously i wouldn't i would say that like if we said you know guardians of the galaxy has really been a james gunn creation they probably would have they probably consulted i'm sure they didn't just say like well fuck what james gunn says we're doing it our way this time it was a collaboration and they asked for his input on like does this seem like a guardians of the galaxy thing that's the way to do it yeah would he say this would yeah right exactly that's the way to do it you don't just be like 
we're gonna do it this way. <laughs> Though it's been consistent for the last two films in Guardians of the Galaxy, we're gonna do it this way. It just makes sense, and it does feel like this was a labor of love from everybody involved. And everybody was really, really psyched about doing Infinity War. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned tone, because I want to talk about tone of Infinity War. Because, for the most part, Marvel films are somewhat lighthearted. Uh, they definitely tend to have more humor in them than, like, dark elements. But Infinity War is a pretty dark movie. It's it's very down. Oh, well, it's, it's very a film about genocide. You can't really make genocide a happy, like you know, happy go lucky. It's true. Lucky, it's uh, true. Topic. I think they did a really good job of trying to even that out as much as possible. Because there are elements of comedy to it. There there are you know the quips and the one liners, even in some of the uh, more serious moments. But at the same time. The entire film is very dark, as it should be. I mean, near almost everybody knows that the destruction of most sentient life is is on the horizon. It's not like a laughing matter. It's like, well, we always win. We'll do it this time too. It, there's definitely a possibility that they won't in this film. And as Doctor Strange brings up, about probably like two thirds of the way through. There's literally really only one way for them to ever win he's, uh, so against he's Thanos. Seen, he's seen 14 million, like some odd different, out you know futures, and there's only one timeline strain where they come out the victor. So that's those. That's pretty desperate. <laughs> that's uh, those are bad odds. Well, instead of everyone dick the Avengers dicking around and not really you know be like getting into little tiffs about shit, maybe somebody should be paying attention to, you know, what the hell's going on. Yeah. Instead of, you know. <laughs> I like the darkness of it. Um, I think that there definitely will be some people who are seriously affected by Infinity War. Not because, and we're going to, we'll side, side table this for a second, but not, not because of people dying, like the heroes dying, but in the manner that they go. Um, I think the most compelling moment is when Tony Stark realizes they fucked up and Peter Parker is fading out of existence and he runs up to Tony. He's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he fades out of existence. That's a really dark, possibly the darkest moment of any Marvel film that's occurred so far. It's not just a death, but it is a very realistic depiction of a death in that someone's not ready to go. It's it's almost, you know, it it's almost too much for a Marvel film to go that dark. And he's a child. And, yeah, and I mean he's what? 16, 16 years old. Uh that's pretty dark and I read some uh some comments online where like people brought their younger kids cuz generally Marvel films are pretty age appropriate. Well, for I the I, t- kids. I told you like if this was like 15 years ago there's no way in hell this movie's a PG-13. Yeah. I mean I think a lot of kids were traumatized by Peter Parker fading out of existence. Granted they did, it's not like they just exploded <laughs> like, like Oculus style explosions or sca- of, like, like you know scanners like no they just turned into dust like leaves basically yeah um which I do like how um whether it's intentional or not I do like how the that like those when they you know Thanos snaps his fingers once he's got all the infinity stones 
Yes, spoiler alert, Thanos wins. That's that's how you get a second film, people. <laughs> um, but, you know, after he snaps his fingers and wipes out half of uh, existence, that when it comes to the people who die, it's not just like, like mo- most people, like most films would be like, all the heroes have plot armor. They all, yeah, you know, they're they fine. <laughs> nope, Black Panther, off your hot, successful film. Bye. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man, after your successful, finally successful reboot of Spider-Man, gone. You know, adios, you know. They, I, I like how, like, you know, it's a Doctor Strange, again, he's, you know, he doesn't get that much time, but he's very important to the sto- actual story. One, and, yeah, one, and, one, one who's seen the timeline. I say one, because, you, you know, he control you know, is the guardian of the time stone, and two, as, you know, Sorcerer Supreme, he's the one who knows how to actually defeat Thanos. You're gone from existence, you know. Yeah, so, that's unfortunate for the Avengers. I mean, that fucking sucks. Randomness and it happens. Imagine to be Dr. Strange. Well, I say, imagine if it's also Thor too. Yeah. It'd be fucked because the, yeah, Thor, the, only, the only reason you know they kind of are able to go away licking their wounds a little bit after getting the shit kicked out of them is because Thor's the one who saved. Otherwise, they're fucked. Yeah. Because Scarlet Witch, you're useless, you know, Dad. <laughs> Vision, you're useless. Goodbye. You know, um, but it's funny some of the ones, like, like, again, it's like it's funny some of the ones they keep, like, War Machine, Don Cheadle, you're still around. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> Why? You're low-rent Iron Man, you know. you're. <laughs> nope, you're okay. Uh, um, Black Widow, you're, you're just hot. You're just a hot <laughs> Russian. Like, you're still here. Captain America, you're still here, you know. Yeah, which I mean, Captain's important, but I mean, you know, like I said, I do like how like it it does feel like it's random. Yeah, Nick Fury at the end credits, you're gone. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, it's. I I think that with a superhero film and with superheroes in general, not just in film but in comics, you do have that element of people can cheat death. Like superheroes can come back from the dead. No one that's dead stays dead. In in superheroes in general, there's always rebooting. There's always the ability or some newfound power to bring back the dead. Oh, that'd be kind of annoying now that I think about it. If, like, at the end of Infinity War, instead of, like, continuing the story, they get the gauntlet and they just reset the timeline. Right. And they, it starts, like, a whole new timeline. Yeah. That, that would be annoying. Like, like, like oh, we're going to reboot. And like, boop. like I said, like, there's always that ability to reset. And... Especially with these Marvel films coming out, we know Spider-Man's not gone. They're not going to get rid of Spider-Man. You literally just had a successful one. They're not getting rid of Black Panther. We know that a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is on the horizon. It's it's already being worked on. So Peter Quill's not gone. Um, So you ha- you do know that contextually that some of these characters are safe. However, that doesn't lighten what actually happens in the film, especially if you're able to watch it singularly. Let's say Groot dies too as well, right? Yeah, Groot fades away too. I'm, yep. I'm trying I'm trying to think of all the people who end up... Well, there's a lot, so well, that's, I know, that's I know, why I know, it's hard well, I know, to... I it's a lot, but I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, um, Oh, also, yeah, also Black Panther. I can't remember her name, but um, his, like, warrior... Oh, guy, yeah, yeah. Like, his yep. two top generals, they both... Yep, gone. Yep. Yeah, um, so, like, you do know that some of them are coming back. However, some of them may not come back. And it is surprising that they did go this far with how many people are gone. Uh, literally 50% of everybody from the Marvel Universe is gone. And 
I think, you know, if don't think about it too much. Don't think about contextually people are coming back. Just watch the film for what it is and forget for a second that you have all this pop culture reference and knowledge of like, well, this is coming out on the horizon. You know, they've already greenlit this. I'm thinking about the budget and the, the, all the earnings from the box office for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Try to forget about that and just watch it for what it is. And then also think about it, um, not contemporary, but like in the future. If you're watching just this film 20 years from now, well, you'd be and a fool. You, and, well, you'd be a fool for watching the twentieth film in a series. No, but I'm saying that you don't have that that foreknowledge that there are more on the way. That you just watched it. Well, you would know that if you watch it in the future. You may or you may not. Like you may not do the research of like what's coming after. That's what I, I would just say. Like we we watch films contemporarily way different than we used to for well, one because thing. of all the uh, we have so much more access to information right about exactly film schedules and we, play, yeah. we, we watch it completely different than we would have so if you think about it without the context of that this becomes a very dark story about loss and uh, what the only story really where our heroes lose well as I say it's um as I compared it to, I was telling you, though you haven't seen the film, this film is Empire Strikes Back. Right, exactly. At the end of the day, yeah. this is why I love Empire so much. Empire so, is so good. And also, again, this is why I love Red Letter Media. They also pointed out that it feels like it's Empire. But they say Empire's bittersweet, which I'll disagree with, because I think Empire's totally a downer. It's At the end of the day, the Empire has be- is beating the shit out of the Rebels. Han's a table. Luke's lost his hand. He got his ass beat by Vader. He's no match. Things are looking bleak as all hell. What? Okay. This is, like, about genocide. You know, on a universal scale. Dealing with a now godlike being. And 50% of all of his existence has been wiped out. This is even... This is even bleaker. There's like you know it's not there's no bittersweetness none of the quips at the end of the day of, of Chris Pratt you know like I, I'm talking like Thor you know <laughs> you know yeah, yeah it, pretty it, much it, practically it, just ends yeah like that's it like it's like oh everybody fades out of existence here's the credits well they show Thanos back on Titan yeah and it's been reborn as a you know new world yeah and that's um, it. It, it, it that's it fades to black that's it the end no and then again. There's no Captain America PSA at the end of this film either. <laughs> uh, that would have been great though at the end. At the end when, um, at the end when Thanos is on like Titan now, it's reborn and it's like on the seventh day he rested. Yeah, <laughs> that you know, you know the end credits should have been should have been Jeff Goldblum on his planet. Whoa, wow, what's uh, whoa, what's going on? I, <laughs> yeah, it, I think too. Uh, something that's even bleaker for this film too is that like. At the end, if you stay past the post, the, after the credits, you have that little Nick Fury shield, uh, which also, as, as I told you, I'm like, what the fuck has Shield been doing since like nothing? Since like <laughs> the fir- first Avenger film or whatever? They're too busy on ABC. Well, that's uh, <laughs> what our friend Matt said. He's like, oh, they're, they have their own TV show. I'm like, that doesn't count because it's not part of the continuity. No, so it's, it's not. But, but it's like. Yeah, like what? Like what the fuck is Samuel been up to? You know, like yeah. oh, just dithering about and. But I think like that showcase at the end of the film too, really puts us in perspective of like the human element of this of this catastrophe. 
because then you see a helicopter crash into a building. No one really knows what the hell is going on. 50% of the human race just disappeared. And they don't really know what's going on. No, but even they're still with the funny route though at the end because when uh, Nick Fury's disappearing, you hear Samuel go "mother," f-, and it just. I, <laughs> I think they, I think they needed the the levity at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I think that that though showcases again like the bleakness of it. Even you know they needed the levity from the from the comedic element. They wanted to get Samuel's trademark. A cursing mother, oh yeah, motherfucker and <laughs> uh without actually having to do that for a PG thirteen film. But uh yeah, I mean it's it's all pretty bleak. And then at the end credits, you don't have any sort of uh, our heroes will return. You have Thanos yeah. will return. So I think all of that it works really well. It's one of those only the one of the only Marvel films we probably will get where the heroes do not succeed, where everybody made mistakes. And then everybody paid Eagle, for it. Yeah, egos got in the way. Yep. And I, I mean, I, although I think they're going to wrap this up quite nicely with a sequel, very cleanly, four, four hours long. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that takes away from the power of Infinity War itself. I, I think it still works really well, and I think all of those elements are here. You know, you have good action scenes. This film does not feel like two hours and forty minutes. It goes by no. very quickly. It does not drag like I thought Black Panther did. No, it doesn't. Um, I, I literally, like, I did not look at my watch one time. I just, one time I had to get up and pee. And I looked at my watch because I was like, how much more does this have? Can I make it? No, I could not make it. <laughs> so I had to pee. But but other than that, no, it, it flies by. And I, 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 do, I will say I think some of the levity moments are kind of misplaced. But I do think the comedy is pretty, you know. It is really good. I think it's really funny. I think, like I said, I think when Thor is, you know, cracking his lines about Rocket Raccoon, it's good. When, you know, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk's, you know, being, play, doing a Paul Rudd impression, you know, it's great. Yeah. And I, it, you know, that is intentional, so. And not, you know, his, the way he's acting. Because I know, you know, Bruce Banner is supposed to be the scared neurotic, like, well, what's, you know, oh my God. You know, um, so I, I do, I think, it, I do think, the humor in it, I do like it. I appreciate it. I think it's well done. I think um, the action throughout is well done, um, and it it moves at a very brisk pace. It's like ba- like constantly, and they never again. Another great thing about them splitting up all these characters into little different groups and having all these different little plots going on until they get to the uh, finale. Um, you never stick with somebody too long. You're not like, all right, I'm getting sick of the fucking Guardians now. Like, all right, I'm getting sick of you know what Strange and Spider Man and uh, Iron Man are doing now, or what you know Captain's up to. You know, you're with them enough to where like you get what's going on, and then like by the time you might feel like you're getting annoyed by being with them, they jump to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a really well paced film altogether. They they get the monumental most out of task. It. Yeah, very yeah Herculean. <laughs> It's very difficult, and I I I'm very impressed with how they were able to direct all of that. It's it's crazy. Um, I, so I think that would you say that most people would enjoy this film, superhero fan or not? Yes. Yeah, I I, I think I would too. I, I mean, think I think if you've been following the Marvel franchise right now, this is uh probably what you've been waiting this for. This is the hot one. Yeah, I would say this is probably my favorite Marvel movie that I have seen. Today, yes, for sure. It's very, it's close. I I really like amazing uh, the not amazing Spider uh, Spider Man Homecoming. I really like Spider Man Homecoming. That was that was a really good movie. And before that, that was probably my top pick for Marvel 
Marvel movies. Um, but I would say probably Infinity War now, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Then it's probably a toss-up between Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Thor Ragnarok. Now, I, I do, before I talk about that, I do want to talk about why I said earlier why I think Gamora's an idiot. Okay. Because this goes into, like, the whole, like, we were talking about Thanos being a complex character. You know, because he, take, he takes in Gamora when he's destroying her world because she has the same fiery will that he does to do what needs to be done. Right. And so she becomes his uh, adopted daughter. And, you know, she's with him for 20 years, and but she hates and despises him for, you know, what she what he did to her world and her parents and all that. But at the same time, the way he speaks to her and the way he talks to her and, like, thinks about her throughout the entire film, you know he has, he really does actually love her. Like, it's not like, I'm just doing it as a facade type thing. Right. Because, you know... Thanos is a bastard of a character, but he's not a liar. And he doesn't try to deceive, because when she lies to him, he even tells her, like, you know, I've taught you many things in life, lying is not one of them. You know, so... When they go to the planet where the Soul Stone is, and, you know, Red Skull's the collector sitting there, like, telling what needs to be done, like, to get the stone, you must throw a sacrifice, you must, you know, give somebody you, uh love off the cliff and she's like Aha, you can't do it because the only thing you love is yourself and he's sitting there actually crying you know tears right and it takes like to the like you know red skull to be like he ain't crying for himself he's crying for you <laughs> you know that like whole like it's supposed to be like emotional you know but at the same time i think emotional in the sense you know you're supposed to feel for thanos and her because he's willing to, you know, do these things to get what he, you know, his lifelong goal is to accomplish, you know, the getting all the Infinity Stones so he can correct the universe in the way he sees fit. Um, but still, like, just the way she's acting, like, it's kind of like, why the fuck did he think he needed to bring you along? Right. If he knew where the stone w- was all along after you told him, you know, why the hell do you think he dragged your ass along? Yeah. I mean, I... I like Gamora. I think that. I, mean, but I haven't maybe, seen the Guardians film, yeah. so I don't really know. Like, I think that maybe just in this film, it comes off that she made a bad decision. Well, but. it comes off as just tacky and like you're an idiot. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Chris Pratt when they're about to beat Thanos. They're about to rip the gauntlet off, and all you know, they fi- they you know they have uh, what's the one with the man? Is it Mantis? Yeah, she, the empath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's an empath. Yeah, like in. Gets, you know, Thanos, you know, while, you know, they're hopping on, they're trying to rip the gauntlet off, and she's on him, like, straddling him, to you know, reading his mind to subdue him, and, um, he, you know, they, she gets him to tell, uh, Chris Pratt's character that, you know, he killed Gamora, and he's crying, which, again, that adds layers to Thanos, that makes him a sympath, like, he's, he hates what he did, you know, and he's sympath, you know, he doesn't like that he did it, but he did it because he's trying to accomplish his ultimate goal. Like, he right. knew sacrifices need to be made. But the, so, the counterpoint to that is then Chris Pratt being a dumbass, like, we're about to beat Thanos, and I'm going to, you know, smack him from his little, you know, slumber right now, and so he can come back and kick all our asses and win. 
Right. Instead of just waiting the three seconds for Spider-Man and Iron Man to rip that gauntlet off and, you know, be like, now we have the Infinity Stones. Ha <laughs> now you're, you know, powerless and fuck. Yeah, I mean, I think it was all necessary. It just, it just it, that just comes off, that's like the one point about this film I'm, I'm down on. Because it just comes off as contrived. Like, they had to shoot Horn in a way to get the, you know, for, for them to come close but fail. Yeah. And it's just, that's just like, to me, it's like a lazy way of doing it. Like, he ha- just have, it. have somebody, like, in the heat of the moment when it's like, obviously, in the heat of, like, you're gonna kill him either way if you get the gauntlet off. Just let the, you know, wait three seconds for the gauntlet to get off I guess of it's just a human emotion getting the best of him. I don't know. No, he's an idiot. <laughs> and I hope in the next film he not, you know, gets killed off. Maybe maybe you need to watch Guardians just, just make... to see the context behind it. Oh, stop. Stop. All right. The man was sitting around seeing Rubber Band Man in this movie. <laughs> Should we give uh, Infinity War a rating? Sure. All right, so on a scale of... Uh, Zero to ten. Infinity Stones. Infinity Stones. I think that's the only one we can do. Yeah. I mean, it's not the only one, but it's the obvious one. I mean, one. it's the one. We don't yeah. usually go for the obvious one, but we'll go for the obvious one on yeah, this one. might as well. What would you give uh, Infinity War? I'll give it an eight out of ten. I like it. I like it a lot. And actually, you made a really good point. This has renewed my interest in superhero films. Yeah, for sure. Mainly Marvel films, not DC. I'm not looking. Like, I can't yeah. wait for the Aquaman film and the Cyborg film. Yeah. But no, for the like, because we've talked about it several times as we've done these superhero films, we are getting franchise fatigued and genre fatigued. Like, oh my god, like another fucking film. But this this one's like wow, like like it's, it came in the right moment. Even though like Black Panther, a good film, but kind of one of the weaker ones, at least for us in the Marvel timeline. Ragnarok was good, but it's still like kind of like, eh, you know, getting you know, kind of sick of these. You know, I think kind of like with Spider-Man Homecoming, this is the one that's like, yes, you know, kind of like a boot piques your interest a little bit. And it makes me do want to see like Ant-Man Wasp and kind of be like, where the fuck have you been, Paul Rudd? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think. uh, And kind of see what the universe is like now that it's been half wiped out and what, you know, what the hell's basically going on. And it also makes me want to see the Captain Marvel movie, which is now hinted at because um, at the end of the end credits, Nick Fury's. As he's dying, is signals for Captain Marvel, which I did have to look that up because I didn't know what that logo was. So. Nope. Uh, yeah, I, th- I it really did renew my interest in the Marvel films. Maybe not DC so much, but but mo- definitely Marvel series. I think they did a really good job uh, finishing off this phase and then really setting up a, a whole new phase that they can possibly pursue for for quite a while. Um, obviously, we know that some of those films are going to take place. They they probably have to take place post Infinity War, but there's still that. I don't element. think there's any. But there has been a film in the. Maybe there has because sometimes the timeline is kind of a little goofy. But I don't think uh, there has been a film where they kind of like, oh, it's this one's set during this time at the same time as this film. I think it's all. No, they they haven't really. No, I think it's all like a continuous... ones that I think they could get away with without setting post Infinity War is like another Spider Man. That one doesn't really have to yeah. be post Infinity War. Um. I would say, like, Black Panther sequel probably has to be post-Infinity War. It seems like they come very close together. Thor has to be. If there's if they do another Thor, it has to be. Iron Man, most likely, unless they go before, like, one of the events of the other s- sequels. I mean, I figure what they'll do with Iron Man is, is like, it, this definitely seems like Robert Downey's not... He's I, not. I think this is it. I legitimately thought this was going to be the end of him 
in this uh, film. Well, I, I didn't because I think the second one's got that will be his swan song. Like that will be his sacrifice. Up, he yeah. realizes like he didn't make the right decisions like, he'll for have, his yeah. team. And he'll have to sacrifice. And then but they'll basically probably like they'll keep the Iron Man franchise by going by just have someone else take the mantle of Iron Man. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense to me. I think that Robert Downey's probably jumping ship. Which makes sense. Point. Yeah. He's older, you know, he's yeah. One started at all. He's been doing it for ten years, for God's sake. Yeah, I yeah. think he may jump ship, but yeah, I think that's probably how it's gonna go. I almost feel like too, you know, a couple others I could see. Like I could see Chris Evans being like, "I'm done with Captain." I could see it. I don't know about Chris Evans with Thor. I think he likes. I, it too I think much, he likes but, it. I think Chris well, Evans though, like just seeing how little he actually got. With but not only that, he looked tired in this film. Yeah, he like. I mean, like, I'm great. He had great, nice quaffed hair and a n- nice mustache and beard yeah. combo. But I mean, I could almost like see like them like probably pick like having like, picking like a new Captain America too because he also looks like like even though he's not like he's not old, but he just kind of looks like Maybe like he's I just done with it. Yeah, like, yeah. like I would like to move on. Yeah. I would hate this. They're not, I know they're not going to kill Black Panther off, but I mean, wouldn't that be terrible? Like Chadwick, like good job, Chadwick. You know, you've done an amazing job, yeah, and you're done now, uh, and, we're, <laughs> and we're done. Same thing with Benedict Cumberbatch. She'd be like, you did a great job as Doctor Stephen Strange, and yeah, you know, we're going to move on. Yeah. Which I will say, like, even though we like Doctor, I could Strange, honestly see them getting rid of Doctor Strange though, as a, as like a as like a franchise. They're just like, we're not going to move forward with a sequel because it's not really one of the more popular characters in general. I love after this one though. I love. Oh, I love him. I, yeah, but I'm just. Like, saying, I mean, like, I, like the first film, I, I liked Doctor Strange, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's kind of like a generic, you know, origin story film. It's good, but you know, it's not that great. But I mean, like, and here it's like I'm like he's he's great as Doctor, you know, Stephen yeah. Strange. And I, I I mean, I would say anything. Then just if you know if they didn't want to do that, then he'd have to be like an inter- just an integral part in. Every, like every other Marvel film, like was like, well, just, we need the sorcerer to call him in, yeah, yeah. like to, like be like an advisor or something, or like you know yeah, when I they need see that. when they're dealing with something mystical. Yeah, no, you're right. I I agree. Like if they decide they don't want to make uh, more Doctor Strange films, I'd be fine with that. But just like kind of bring them along when it's like, all right, we have this new threat along, and they're more like you know like if Mephisto shows up in like a Spider Man film, yep, you know or so, or whatever. Like you know he you bring in Doctor Strange, you know, to be part of the film to. Deal with it because that's you know you're dealing with the devil. So yeah. Well, I would give uh, Infinity War a nine. Uh, like I said, it was probably my favorite Marvel movie so far. Um, I really liked every pretty much everything about it. Thought it flew by. Um, thought it was funny in parts. It also had its bleak moments, which I I do love about superhero films. I don't need them to always be uplifting, despite what people you know all the complaints that people lodge against the new DC franchise. I don't think that the problem is that it's too dark. Uh, there are many other problems that you can <laughs> pin on that one. Uh, but I do, I do like the bleak storyline. Uh, I think Thanos is a character really well done. Uh, and even better, the CGI that they did for it, making sure that Josh Brolin looks like Josh Brolin, but also looks beefy as all hell as Thanos. Uh, I think they did a, a great job, you know, bringing that to fruition. His or, voice is very similar to Ron Perlman. It is very similar to Ron Perlman. It's and al- sometimes his face is very similar I know, to Ron I know. Perlman. It's almost like sometimes like, is yeah. that Ron Perlman? It no. could have been. if yeah. uh, Replace the uh, the purple with the red and it's Hellboy, Ron Perlman. 
Just a bit. Yeah, he's <laughs> putting horns on Yeah, it. yeah. So, uh, well, if, if Ron, God forbid, if Ron Perlman leaves us too soon, then, you know, in the next Fallout game, they're going to call Josh Brolin up to be war. War. <laughs> war never changes. Yeah, I know. They do, they do have very similar voices, but yeah, yeah. But I, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, definitely need to get out and see it. I don't say that about all the superhero movies, but this one is one that you really need to get out and see. Uh, but if you've gotten this far, you shouldn't have been listening. What the so fuck are you doing? I was going to say, is this your favorite superhero film of all time now? No. Well. <sighs> you gave it a 9 out of 10, so it's like, yeah, what's better? Yes, yes and no, because I, I really love The Dark Knight. But I generally don't consider that film like a superhero film in the same sense that these are. So I'm gonna have to well, split. Say, I'm gonna have to split hairs and say that yeah, I guess it is the, my favorite superhero film because I don't consider The Dark Knight my just, a superhero. You film. just consider you know yeah. Christian Bale to be crazy yeah crazy rich man <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> yeah I don't really consider that one a a superhero film per se. So yes yes I guess I would say that <laughs> yeah cop out. All right, anything <laughs> else you want to add before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think that's about it. Um, I would, like I said, I would. De- this is a very solid recommend. Go watch it. If yeah. you've been seeing any of the other Marvel films or have any interest, I would say go see it. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh God, don't bring your children though. You'll that, scar them for life. Yeah, I mean that seems like very sad. Sad to show your children that. I think people were a little upset after the end of it when Spider-Man faded away out of existence. How do you explain that? Well, imagine if you're a kid, like, like yep, Spider-Man's dead already. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, especially because they probably did go see. Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> you know, at least ScarJo was safe. That's true. But the like I said, the biggest concern is what happened to Aunt May? True. What happened? You know, we'll find out next I will, time. You know what? I'll create a Twitter account and I'll post on Marissa Tomei's account. Like, where is Aunt May safe? Are you safe? They should have. Do, do you need help? Do you need assistance? They should have put at like a post post credits. Aunt May like, will return. Because <laughs> then you would have felt better. Like you just see her at home. Like where's Peter at? Yeah, I'm not really concerned. You're not really concerned about you know anybody else that died, but Aunt May. Definitely concerning. <laughs> All right, priorities, uh, man. What, what's our next episode? Two weeks. Well, that's when, but what? <laughs> I have no idea. Some sort of horror jello, <laughs> creamy something. When's the new Suspiria come out? Not for a long time. I think it's like June or July or something. Oh, that's not that long. Yeah, or October. I may be completely <laughs> wrong. I, I really don't know. But whenever it comes out, we'll be covering it. But well, so you want to do the new, uh, the old Suspiria? Go back to Argentina. Oh, land? that is right. You have never seen Suspiria. Nope. Yeah, we could do that. I just watched it not too long ago, so I'm pretty well versed in it. So yeah, we can I mean, do that. We've, we've already done what three Argento films, or it's just two. We, we did got- Phenomena. We've done Tenebrae. Tenebrae. I think that's it. Mm, so Suspiria. Yeah, I think we've done his, two. His most famous film. All right. Yeah, we could do Suspiria. I'm fine with that. And we'll see what you think. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back in two weeks with Suspiria. And uh, thank you for listening to this uh, episode. We hope that you will return. We're on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We have an email address at Blood and Black Rum Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, and pretty much any other uh, podcasting app that you can use, especially on iTunes. Please uh, subscribe to us and leave us a nice review. Uh, we're on Twitter at twitter.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast, or Blood and, Blood and Black Rum, I'm sorry, or at Blood and Black Rum. 
And you can join us on Podbean for our Patreon account, where if you donate at least $1, you get all of our episodes early, except for this one, because everyone's getting this one early. So, Merry Christmas to everybody. Special episode. That's right. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next uh, in two weeks. I always do that. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned. I think, I think that's a sign we should go back to weekly. I, I try. And, you know, now this, right now, I probably could do it because I don't have bowling on Thursday nights anymore. So I have a, another free night. Uh, but it's tough in the winter when I don't have a free, in the, you know, another free night. But we, it's possible. You know, we'll, we'll see. So uh, thanks for listening and catch us next week or Thank next time. Next time for <laughs> next episode for next time. Who knows what time it will be. Take care.